0: Hello and welcome to a Patreon exclusive episode of Allegedly Astrology. Each episode we break down the astrology that happened during some of the biggest scandals and events in history. So Dana, what are we discussing today?
1: Today we're discussing the Exorcist.
0: Yes, of course, it's a Halloween episode. What else would we discuss? We had to do something spooky. Real a real pivot from the PSL episode. <laughs> but the Exorcist is considered to be one of the scariest, if not The scariest movie ever and one of the greatest horror films ever made. It's a cult classic film and it really ushered in the modern history or the modern era of horror cinema. It became a major cultural event, was even the highest grossing R-rated movie. It was also the first horror movie to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture, which is crazy. That doesn't happen very often, if ever. And it even did win an an Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Sound because there there is no horror film without good scary soundtrack wait what was the first time both of you saw the exorcist never
1: what you've You've never seen it
0: i've never seen it all the way through because it scares me too much (laughs) i've only seen bits and pieces katie katie had tried to like get me to watch it multiple times in her house and i just i just could never do it i just could never do it
1: you- I've never seen it either. I've seen like clips. My mom, it's really scary. <laughs>
0: yeah, she wouldn't let me watch it when I was
2: little when I wanted to watch it. And then by the time she like wanted to watch it with me, I was too afraid.
1: So
0: as this highly regarded and controversial film celebrates its 50th anniversary, let's check
1: out its astrology. When I first saw The Exorcist, I was nine years old. And for some reason, it was playing on Channel 9, like the CW. And I was watching it at my grandma's house. So it was me and my grandma and my brother that watched it. And it was like, like a lot of the really scary stuff was taken out. Yeah, I was going to say, they had to do some heavily editing if it was on just like regular TV, right? I think so. But I remember being terrified. And my grandma (laughs) was like, was very Catholic. And I remember she was like, look what could happen to you. (laughs) i Dana. Oh, my God. That's so funny. I have a crazy religious grandma, too. Like you guys don't know about Polish Catholic grandmas,
0: but if you do, you know that they would threaten you with the exorcist if you weren't a good Catholic child.
1: Like, what could happen to you? She loves favoriting with the walls. And like-
0: <laughs> Dana's, like, literally crying. <laughs>
1: And she said it so like matter of factly. I remember being like little, being like, holy shit, I got to make sure I go to church. That's how you end up in astrology. Yeah. So the Exorcist movie was adapted from a book written in 1971 by William Blatty. And he was inspired to write this novel when he was a student studying at Georgetown, fellow Jesuit. After a professor had a lecture about exorcism, specifically mentioning this story of Roland Doe. Yeah, wow, you guys, nothing is scarier than Catholicism. <laughs> I know. But William was
0: especially interested in the tale of this real-life exorcism and even got a diary detailing the events. And he went as far as to contact one of the priests that performed the exorcism on Roland and use that information to adapt Roland's story into a book.
1: Yes. So let us talk about this Roland. The true story The Exorcist is based on revolves around a young boy in Cottage City, Maryland during the 1940s. And they referred to him in the papers as Roland Doe to protect his identity.
0: And so in March 1949, newspapers reported that a 14 year old boy was possessed and an exorcism had been performed on him.
1: It all started after his aunt died. He used a Ouija board to try to contact her. And then after that happened, he began to experience creepy and abnormal things around the house, like rattlings on the wall, strange noises, flying objects and scratches also appeared on his body and bed. And after experiencing all these strange things, the family sought out experts, but no one would help. But eventually they went to a priest who thought it would be best to perform
0: an exorcism.
1: And after the exorcism, Roland seemingly returned to normal. I don't know if this is important to note, but it's like hard to actually get an exorcism. Like it's done by, at least in the Catholic Church, you have to like go to the Vatican, I'm pretty sure. And the Pope has to say you could perform it. So it's like not an easy thing to just do. I recently watched
0: that movie about the the Jewish exorcism, basically. With what is that? Oh, it's with like Kira Sedgwick and Denny from Grey's Anatomy, and their daughter is possessed, and they have to go find a rabbi that will perform this. I don't think they call it an exorcism, but and Modest Yahoo is the rabbi. Do you guys remember this movie? <laughs> no, <laughs> but
1: I want to see it now. That's <laughs> <was> really scary.
0: <laughs> but yeah, I think it's, it's hard to get any religious leaders do perform these
1: things because obviously they are very scary. That's why there are literal horror movies made about it. Yeah. So Roland gets the exorcism done. He wasn't identified for a while and stayed out of the public eye. But after he died, more information about him and his story has come out. I think he died in like 2020.
0: So Roland's story was turned into a novel called The Exorcist. And a few details were changed, such as the main character being a girl and not a boy But many of the details from the true story remained, and it was released in 1971 and topped the bestsellers list.
1: And people were really scared by this book. There are stories of people being so frightened by it that they would keep it in a separate part of their house or in a garage, a linen closet. Somebody even put it in a freezer. Like, I just didn't want to buy them. So, the author,
0: William, was very clearly into some dark shit and can also write. So, let's check out his birth chart.
2: Okay, William Blatty was born on January 7th, 1928 at 4 a.m. in New York City, New York. And he has a Capricorn sun, a Cancer moon, and a Sagittarius rising. And I think that this is a chart of a creative hoarder. Maybe someone who hoards ideas. I don't know. That was like, like my first impulse when I thought, okay, this is a creative hoarder. But then looking into <laughs> it, he's a Capricorn sun and it's conjunct Mercury. It's approaching Cassini. It's like combust. So it's almost like... I don't know. It's like his whole brain is enveloped in himself. He's like very in his head, but very cerebral. He's like determined. Someone who might hide, maybe shy, but also can be like very observant, especially in the second house. And maybe always sort of seeking security and stability or be interested in these concepts, which obviously like needing an exorcism is like maybe the most invasive thing. I don't know because it's not of this world. And then he has a Cancer moon and his moons conjunct Pluto. So this is sort of like haunted, cursed, maybe having a domineering mother or power struggles with women. Or uh, maybe just choosing a woman to play the exorcist instead of a boy. I don't know. He could also have like a powerful mother or this could indicate some sort of like flooding in his life. And his moon and Pluto are trying Jupiter and Uranus. So this is like really enhances the creativity. You could also be inheriting creativity from your mother. Unexpected ideas with Uranus and Jupiter like... In it's in Pisces, like really enhances that. It's very the moon in Cancer and Jupiter and Pisces are very like fertile, so it's like growing ideas, being curious about like secrets and maybe you know, it's just sort of like prismatic in terms of creativity, and maybe a little twisted too with that Uranus. And then he's a Sagittarius rising and a Sagittarius stellium, which includes Venus, Saturn, Mars, the South Node, and so this is interesting. Both of his malefics are in Sagittarius, but they're both ruled by that domicile. Pisces, which is conjun- or domicile Jupiter and Pisces conjunct Uranus. So there's like intensity, conviction, maybe some sort of entitlement or just like a life of being told no, which then creates complex. Both, both of his malefics are in the first house and his south node is there. So people might project some darkness onto him, which then he embodies. So, but also like the desire for more and maybe some interest in like things that are, you know, like religious. Sagittarius is the sign associated with religion. So being interested in not just the bigger picture, but also, like, with, with that square from Uranus, I feel like is, like, being interested in, like, forces you cannot see or, like, you know, maybe taboo type of subjects. His phone is sandwiched between Saturn and Mars, and then I feel like gives, could give feelings of powerlessness or, like, I don't know, just, like, needing to be saved. Maybe people get blamed him for things. Like, maybe, I don't know, I bet people after the movie came out blamed him for writing it or something. But also maybe just, like, feeling called to darkness in a certain way. It's, you know, Mars is about pursuit. Saturn is about restriction and, like... Darkness. So having that in his first house, and then the south node there too, is sort of like maybe f- like feeling like you have to like carry out some sort of mission related to darkness.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say too, like obviously all the sad you mentioned religion that popped up. Also, I think too, just like you know the moon in the eighth house. I feel Pluto. like very yeah, very comfortable with like going deep into like dark kind of like taboo subjects, and I also think. You know, Capricorn Mercury is very kind of like structured, like there's like a process you go through. It's like very organized. So I feel like that makes sense that he would write a book, but like find the diary of the actual events to go off of and be like kind of into the details, especially with that Gemini North node. It's like, oh, yeah, like you are going to like write a book that was going to like freak a bunch of people out. And yeah, I love the North Node is
2: exalted in Gemini, and the South Node is exalted in Sagittarius because of like the, the proliferation of ideas like that, so eh. I like that a lot.
0: I just was reading a little bit about him. So he went to Georgetown, then George Washington for his master's degree in English, and then he joined the Air Force, and he served in the Psychological Warfare Division. Whoa. Cool. Interesting, so cool. because he didn't write that book until, what, 1971? Like, obviously he was interested in it, but I feel like that experience had to have, like, given him a way to, like, he probably learned some really scary shit about the mind. And I think that also probably led him to being able to write a really scary book.
2: Yeah, hard Pluto aspects and cancer can both be associated with psychological warfare. So having Pluto conjunct his moon and opposite his natal sun and Mercury, that's so dead on. Like, that's exactly what you just explained.
1: That's cool.